everyone. This is Lawrence Taylor speaking. I'm the pastor at Kenilworth Baptist Church in Brooklyn, New York. And we'd like to welcome you to Reflection on Scripture. I want to share some thoughts with you today with reference to the second coming of Christ. Now, I don't know if you're aware, but throughout millennia, Throughout the ages, people have predicted the second coming of Jesus. When I say predicted, they didn't merely say he was coming a second time. What they did was to give you a date and a time when he was to return. Probably one of the most well-known so-called Bible teachers who did this was uh, the president of the family radio station, the late Harold Camping. Harold Camping, not once, not twice, but three times predicted the second coming of Christ. Where he gave a particular day. Now, he didn't give the time, but a particular day Jesus was to return. But he's probably... I mean, that situation is well known, but there have been so many who did so. Let's take Charles Taz Russell. Charles Taz Russell was the founder of what today is known as the Jehovah's Witness or the Watchtower Society. Well, Charles Taz Russell's uh, in a book uh, that he wrote um, stated that Jesus was to return in 1914. Well, it was interesting that 1914 uh, was um, also the period where there's a lot of catastrophic things happening. World War I. Of course, Charles Tass Russell was wrong. Jesus didn't return. Um, but he got this whole idea of the return of Jesus because he was uh, studying with the Millerites who later on became known as Adventists and then the Seven-Day Adventists. Uh, we often think of the Seven-Day Adventists because of their Sabbath keeping, but they were Adventists before they were Seven-Day Adventists. The whole notion of the, uh, the um, observing the uh, Saturday was something that came later on. At first, they were known as the Adventists. Uh, and Advent means coming. The reason why they were known as the Adventists is because they were predicting the coming of Christ. Well, uh, Charles Taz Russell, son of a minister, got involved with this group, and although he never joined, and he made some predictions on his own. 1914, for instance, he said, was uh, the time in which Jesus was to come. Well, when his prediction turned out to be wrong, he um, then argued, well, Jesus didn't come back physically, but he came back spiritually, whatever that meant. Uh, and he said the evidence of that is World War I. So uh, he then went on to make another prediction uh, in this book, The Truth That Leads to Eternal Life, that Jesus was going to return uh, in 
1918. Russell died in 1916, uh, so, but of course his prediction did not come to pass. The Watchtower Society, in a reissuing of The Truth That Leads to Eternal Life by Charles Taz Russell, claimed that Charles Taz Russell said he would return shortly after 1914. So they just told a lie. They just changed Russell's words. But Russell being a false teacher, just like that organization is uh, false, uh, they went on to perpetuate that, that falsehood. But they are just one out of many groups. There have been hundreds and hundreds of groups, churches, organizations, and individuals who have predicted Jesus coming back again. And um, as uh, one uh, person said, well, the one thing that every last one of these organizations, individuals, and churches have in common, they've all been wrong. <laughs> so uh, let us, uh, let me call your attention to a passage in First Thessalonians chapter 4. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it reads in verse 16, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, I think we need to be very clear when we talk about the second coming of Christ. There is a teaching which I believe is correct called the rapture of the church. And that is expressed here in verse 16 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, when it says the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel with the trumpet of God. Well, that is Christ coming back for the church. There is no real direct reference to the rapture in the Old Testament. And, that, and we have very few references in the New Testament, but we do. First Thessalonians is one passage that I read to you. Another one is First Corinthians chapter 15. Let me, let me read that uh, to you. Uh, in First uh, Corinthians uh, 15, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote, um, around verse 50, now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. And I want you to note that in verse 51, he says, I tell you a mystery. Well, what's the mystery that he's going to tell? The mystery is the rapture of the church. The word mystery means something that was hidden in the past, but has been made known in the present time. So like I said, you don't have the rapture in the Old Testament because the rapture is called a mystery. Verse 52, in a moment, 
in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we who will be changed. Well, there he's describing the very thing that he described in 1 Thessalonians, and that is that there's going to be a rapture. Rapture simply means that one day Jesus will leave his throne from heaven. He will come back. And when he returns, let us know where he stations himself. If you, in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, it says uh, that in verse 17, then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together. Look at this. With them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Now note that. It's in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. So Jesus does not come directly to earth at the rapture. What he does is come down and he stops in midair. And in the middle of the sky, he calls his church to meet him. And we will be caught up in the air. And it doesn't matter whether you are alive at that time or whether you are in the grave. Because all of those Christians who are in the grave, those who are truly in Christ, they're going to come out of those graves. And in their corruptible state, they are going to be transformed and changed. And we, or those who are alive at the time when Jesus returns, we in our corruptible state will be caught up and changed. So we will look like Jesus. Now, that is different than the other aspect of that coming when Jesus comes literally to the earth. There he is physically present. At the rapture, he is not physically present. But when he comes back to set up his kingdom, there he is physically present. Let me give you a, a verse on that. In, in Zechariah 14, it reads in verse 4, in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is in the front of Jerusalem on the east and on the Mount of Olives will be split in its middle from east to west by a very large valley so that half of the mountain will move towards the north and the other half towards the south. Well, it, what I want you to note here, it says that when he returns in this verse, it says his feet will stand on the mountain of olives. Doesn't say that in 1 Thessalonians. What it says in 1 Thessalonians is that we will meet the Lord in the air. So he stops in midair at the rapture. But when he comes to set up his kingdom on the earth, he is on the mountain. He will physically be here. Let me give you one more verse for that. In the Gospel of Matthew, in chapter 25, verse 31, 
This is with reference to setting up his kingdom. It says, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. So when he returns with all the angels from heaven, he will set up a throne and he will sit on that throne in the earth. No one knows when that is going to happen. No one knows when the rapture is going to happen. It can happen at any moment. But we are warned in Scripture not to set dates or times for the return of Jesus. It will happen, but we don't know when it will happen. But here's the good news. First, you have the rapture that takes place first, and then after the rapture, then he comes back physically on the earth with the church to set up his kingdom. Let me just give you one more verse on that. Uh, and that's found in the book of Revelation uh, in chapter 20. Let's uh, let me just turn in. Revelation uh, 20, uh, it reads in verse 4. Then I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead and on their hand. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years." That is when he comes to the earth to set up his kingdom. So one thing we want to do is to rightly divide the word of truth. Do not be misled by apocalyptic groups uh, who come along and tell you, hey, Jesus is coming back at a certain time. Say, no man knows the hour, nor the day or the hour when he returns, but we do know this, he is coming again. Amen.